dismissed for children's church. Make doubly sure that that music doesn't come on when I'm up here. I don't want to offend anybody with my singing. Except for my children. Does anybody else take joy in embarrassing their children? I absolutely love uh, any chance I get. Uh, and it doesn't work much on Kyle and Anna anymore. They just join in and we have a great time. But Emma, oh my goodness, she is so easy. Um, we uh, went in to eat somewhere um, the other day and I was sitting down and uh, Wendy and Emma were, came in late. And they, this wasn't a very big restaurant, and they came in, and uh, I was over in the corner, and the lady was telling them where I was, and I said, oh, over here, Emma, hey, Emma, Emma, I'm over here, and Emma's going. <laughs> She's my, mama saying, where are you going? She said, I'm going to the bathroom. No, 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 this way, Emma, and she just, I love embarrassing her to death, but... Uh, and when it's easy, it's great, right? And we're in somewhere, and a song comes on, I start singing it, and she gets embarrassed, I sing louder. And the girl, and, and Kyle and uh, Anna go, Emma, just, just go with it, and he'll stop. But the more, no, no, I love it. I love embarrassing him. So, First John chapter number four, we've been talking about truth and error. Truth and error. So we talked about... Uh, uh, last week we talked about uh, false prophets and uh, that are um, <clears throat> wolves in sheep's clothing uh, that sneak in often unawares and wreak havoc uh, on the congregation, wreak havoc on um, uh, the people of God, and uh, we need to have our eyes open and uh, know who these false prophets are. And the Bible says to mark them. What does that mean? It means that there are some Christians, maybe you've been a Christian a really long time, you have um, studied to show yourself approved, and uh, you know the Scriptures, and uh, you've grown in your faith, and when false prophets come along, you say, no, that's wrong. You say, no, what they're preaching is not right, because the Bible says such and such, but not everybody's where you are. There are some people that are new in the faith. There are some people that have been saved a long time that are still babes in Christ because they've not studied the Word, because they've not uh, uh, um, uh, grown in their faith. And they often, like a child, you need to tell, the chi- you need to tell your child, right? Don't, listen to me. Don't cross the road without looking both ways. You ever tell your children that? Before you cross the road, look both ways. We've always told our children, look both ways and then look again. We've always told our kids that. We've always told our children when we taught them how to drive. You ever tell your children this? When the light turns green, wait three seconds. Why? Because people are nuts. That's why. And how are they going to learn unless they're taught? You ever told your children, don't touch that, it's hot? 
Because if they're not told they're going to touch it, half the time they're going to touch it anyways just to see if you're lying, and they're going to burn their hand, and they're going to say, well, I told you not to touch it, right? So they have to be taught. We need to teach them. We need to show them. Some people have not been taught. Some people have not been shown. So when a false prophet comes along, when there's a book that comes along, and some people read it, they think to themselves, wow, this is a tremendous book. I had a lady come to me in the, my previous church, and she said to me, preacher, she said, I'm so very confused. I said, what are you confused about? She said, I did not know that Jesus was married. I said, me neither. Where did you find that from? What passage did you read that from? Oh, it wasn't a passage of Scripture. It was a book that she had, somebody had recommended to her. And she read this book and the guy's a quack. I mean, he, he, he claims to be a Christian, but then he writes things that are contrary to the Word of God. Let me tell you what we need to do. Mark them. Stay away from that book. Don't read that book. Don't listen to that preacher. Just because he's, you know, just because he's got a winsome personality and just because he's a good speaker doesn't make him a good preacher. We've got to know what is coming out of their mouth. And this idea that every preacher in every denomination and every uh, cult and every belief out there, they're all the same. No, they're not. And God's people need to be able to say, no, wait a minute. And by the way, that's one of the preacher's jobs is to weed out the wolves so they don't devour the sheep. And so we've got to mark them, these false prophets that are spewing false teachings and false doctrine. Now, now watch out. I'm not talking about the preacher that has services on Thursday instead of Wednesday. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the preacher whose music's a little bit more contemporary, so you think he's a false preacher. I'm not talking about that. Okay? I'm not talking about your preferences. I'm not talking about methodology. I'm talking about false doctrine. If they bring not the doctrine of Christ, I don't have anything to do with them. Don't even, don't invite them into your house. Don't bid them Godspeed. They're false teachers and false prophets. We talked about last week, full, uh, filthy lucre's sake, and they're out for money, and they're out to see what they can get out of it. Let me tell you what a, what a prophet and a preacher should be. He should be a servant. I said it in Sunday school this morning. We just dropped uh, Anna off, uh, uh, got her set up in her new ministry there in Hayesville. North Carolina, just uh, uh, over the border of Georgia, and um, she loves it. Small little camp there uh, in Conference Center, and uh, they, they're getting ready and prepped for the next um, meeting that they're going to have, and uh, they had a yard day where they had to go out from 9 to 1, and all the interns had to go out and pick up sticks and and, and rake and do all these differences. She's not in one position. She's doing everything from paperwork to counseling to yard work. And that's the kind of small thing it is. And so she was 
as excited as you can be to go work in the yard. Um, some of y'all like working in the yard. I question your sanity. But anyways, uh, she, um, she, she, goes, she gets out there, gets out there at 9 o'clock in the morning. And Kenny, the director of the camp, is out there. He's out there working with them, picking up sticks and, and raking. And, 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 and Anna was telling Wendy, and she's just in awe that he's the director. And by the way, this, this guy's been everywhere. He, he used to work for Samaritan's Purse, um, setting up the hospital camps when they go into these different places. And he was one responsible uh, for setting up all the hospital camps in New York and Central Park for when they, had, when they had the COVID outbreak and all that. He was responsible for all that before he came uh, to this camp. I mean, this guy's, you know, he's got a PhD. I mean, this guy's, a, this guy's been around. He's been in every ministry you can possibly believe. And you know what he's doing? Bending over, picking up sticks with 20-year-olds and 18-year-olds and, 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 and 19-year-olds. And why? Because he's a servant. But listen, when you get away from service and when you get away from servanthood and you start believing that you're something that you're not, you're going to find yourself in trouble. You're going to get yourself in trouble. And many of these false teachers, many of these false prophets have gotten in over their head when it comes to power and to fame. So false false prophets we talked about last week. This week, I want you to look at First Timothy or First John, excuse me, First John chapter four and verse number four. 1 John chapter 4, in verse number 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, I remember a preacher one time said, got up and preached, and he was preaching a message, and he was waxing eloquent, and he was going on, he says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in me. That's not right. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen to me. We have all that we need to be a success. We have all that we need to prosper. Now, when I use the word prosper, I'm not talking about prospering like the world. I'm talking about prospering like God wants us to prosper. Read Psalm 1. God wants us to be blessed. God wants us to to. to to walk in the counsel of the, of the godly. He wants us to live our lives uh, 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 blessed and faithful. So we talked about false prophets. Tonight, or this morning, I want to talk about faithful preachers. I want to talk about faithful preachers. Now I want you to, uh, I want you to understand something. When we get up, in, get up in this, any person that gets up in a pulpit, whatever that pulpit might look like, is a sacred duty. I believe it to be a very, very sacred duty. I believe, and I believe the Bible teaches, that a pastor or a preacher will one day give an answer for that pulpit, for what he's preached out of that pulpit, for how he has taught the congregation, how he has counseled the congregation, how he's protected the congregation. It is the responsibility 
of the preacher. So I understand the position of the preacher. But I want you to understand something. We are all spokesmen and spokeswomen for Jesus Christ. Wherever we go, we ought to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. We should all be doing that. It's not just the responsibility of the preacher behind the pulpit. We all should be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature was not given to just the preacher. It wasn't just given to the deacons. It wasn't just given to the leadership of the church. It was given to the church, the church itself. And the church itself is not the four walls that we're sitting in. The church itself is not the pews that we're sitting in. The church uh, uh, itself is not uh, of the carpet or the color on the walls. Uh, the church are the people. The church are those uh, that have been saved, those that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We are the church. And whether we're here at 305 Weisenbaker Road, or you're at your house, or you're in the community, or you're at Kroger, or you're at Walmart, or you're out somewhere to eat. Wherever you go, you're representing your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you go to eat today, and you're a jerk to the waitress, you're representing your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I, hope you, I hope you're not. You know, we ate at a couple places this week, this last week, and we had some exceptional wait staff. I'm telling you, it's becoming less common. Let me just put it that way. We had some exceptional people. I asked for the manager. I mean, that exceptional. I asked for the manager. We tipped. Now, listen to me. We're good tippers. My wife was a waitress. So if we get good service... It ain't uncommon. It ain't uncommon for us to tip 50%. I mean, it is not uncommon if they're very, very good. Our least is 20. If you're really bad, we tip 20%. And so we tip really good, okay? And so um, when, when these waitresses, they come, and man, they're filling your drink, and they're doing, and they got a smile on their face, and, and you have a really good experience. Well, there's the opposite. Anybody ever eat there? And I'm telling you, I don't know if they're just having a bad day. A bad week, a bad month, a bad year, a bad decade. I mean, some of them, they're just sour. They act like they don't want to be there. They act like they don't want you to be there. I mean, they, you, there are places, listen, and I won't even tell you where they are. I'm just telling you, there are places where I go and I get a drink and I sip my drink because I know I'm not going to get another one. There's other places. This one lady, we went, we went uh, when we were uh, up in North Carolina, I started, I was, I was challenging that girl. I generally drink a real lot when I'm eating. And so I couldn't get three sips. Finally, I said, lady, listen, I'm about to drown over here. She just kept coming. Every time she'd come by, you know, and I don't drink tea, and I don't drink, I drink Coke Zero. So it's not like they have a Coke Zero, you know, 
jug that they go around with. So every time, and she'd come up and fill it up and fill it. And man, what a great experience. And hey, God bless you and thank you for, for your service. And, but do we do the same when somebody's having a hard time? Do we try to encourage them? Now, they might not want to take your encouragement. They might, they, you know, they might still be mean. But do you do your part? Because you're, they may not even be a Christian. You claim to be a Christian. Are you representing the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, he saved us. Now, listen to me. You're not saved because you live in the South. You're not saved because you grew up in church. You're not saved because you're a Baptist. You're not saved because you've been baptized or confirmed. You're not saved because your children are saved. And you're not saved because you come to this church. You're saved because you placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you on the cross. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And if you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're saved. And that's the only way you're saved. And if you're saved, watch this. The Bible says, if you're saved, then you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You know what ambassador means, right? It means you're a representative. This world isn't your home. Do you get that? You ever heard that song, this world's not my home, I'm just passing through? We're just here for a little while. Don't put your tent stakes in too deep here. Why? Because... uh, One day to be absent from this body is going to be to be present with the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God. I'm really glad that this isn't my final home. I'm really glad that this isn't my final body. Anybody have back problems? Probably 90% of our congregation has back, hip, or knee problems. 90%, guaranteed. Well, if you have back problems, you know this to be a fact. You don't have to do nothing. I mean, you could be walking along, and you could just, whoop, and your back's out. And you think to yourself, oh. And, and then you start. I saw an old, old man in the store the other day, and he was with his, his wife. I bet they've been married 140 years. I mean, he was old as Methuselah. And they were walking through, and they were the cutest couple you'd ever seen. And he was on his little walker, and she, she had her hand on his elbow, and they were walking through the store together. And I said, maybe that's us in a couple years. Because half the time I feel like, you ever, you ever drive a long distance, and you get out of the car, and you're... Aren't you glad this isn't our bodies that we're keeping forever? Aren't you glad we're getting new bodies? I mean, it's going to be glorious. There's going to be no more sickness, and there's going to be no more pain, and there's going to be no more cancer, and there's going to be no more problems in these bodies. We're going to have new bodies, and it's going to be a wonderful thing. This world is not our home. We have something to look forward to, but we're not gone yet. We're still here. We're still here. And so while we're here, we need to be ambassadors. We need to be ambassadors for there. There are so many people. Listen, this idea, this idea, we need to get it out of our head. This idea that most people in the South are saved. 
I don't know where this idea came from. Maybe it was true once upon a time. But I'm telling you right now, I run into people all the time that aren't saved. And no, they aren't saved. I run into people all the time that think they're saved. And I think to myself, now I'm not a judge and I can't tell because I can't see your heart. But I wonder, how can you call yourself a Christian in A, B, C, D, E, F, G? How do we know them? We know them by their fruit, right? That's how we know them. And you have zero fruit. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't go to church and I don't pray and I don't witness and I don't read the Bible. And I, Well, what do you do that's Christian? Well, I got a fish on my car. Oh, okay. My bad. Listen. There are plenty of people out there that need your witness. Can I tell you, your children, your grandchildren, they need your witness. The children and grandchildren of this church need your witness. The people at your workplace, they need your witness. You know, if we act like the world, walk like the world, talk like the world, and smell like the world, why in the world would they think you're a Christian? Well, that's judgmental, preacher. If I'm a Christian, I'm just telling you. But I'm telling you, when the world looks at us, and they see you, what are they seeing? Because if they're seeing you, they're seeing flawed. They're seeing you, they're seeing sinners. They're seeing you, they're seeing falsehood. What do they need to see? They don't need to see you. They need to see Christ in you. Faithful preachers. I was thinking about faithful preachers. and Now, I made it clear that we all should preach the word. We all should be witnesses. We all should be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. But there is a position in, in each church, or I'd say, I dare say most churches, have a preacher. Have someone that gets up and preaches the word, that leads the congregation, that is the under-shepherd and leads the sheep. And that preacher, I believe the Bible has a few things to say about. Has a few things to say about. If you find a faithful preacher, faithful, right? What does it mean to be faithful? It means to be there means to be, uh, uh, to, to believe. It means to be faithful to the word. It means, fa- it means to be faithful to a people. It means to be faithful to God. You see, sometimes, listen to me, church, sometimes we're so worried about here that we forget about here. And right here, listen to me, right here can be perfect. But if here's flawed, what does it matter? Because let me tell you something, and I know this by experience, and I know this by the word of God, here will fail. Happens all the time. Relationships fail all the time. People, listen to me. Have you ever invested your life into somebody? Blood, sweat, and tears? I mean, you did, and they might even be related to you, or they may be somebody that you were a friend with at work, or or they may be somebody that you had a relationship, and man, you did and did and did, and they couldn't wait for you to turn around so they could stab you in the back. 
Have you ever experienced that? If you've never experienced that, you're a rare bird. I can tell you, you're rare. Or you don't invest in anybody, one of the two. And you know what happens so often? That happens so many times that we, that we stop investing in people. We stop trusting people. We stop believing people. I'm here to tell you, it's hard to believe anybody anymore, isn't it? You know, you know somebody said, the only time a politician's lying is when he opens his mouth. About true, isn't it? I mean, they say, I mean, you say something and you get, you know, listen, go buy a car. Go ahead and go to a car lot and buy a car. Your hand will cramp by the time you get done signing the papers. Go buy a house. Oh my goodness gracious. People, how many times do I have to sign my name? Do you know why you have to sign your name that many times? Because they don't trust you. Am I right? Sure, I'm right. Why can't you just go in? Why can't you just go and say, listen, Alan, if you just give me this car, I, I promise you I'll pay you. Uh, not too many people you're going to trust like that, right? What do I want you to do? Sign on the dotted line. Why? Because uh, you can't trust people today. So relationships will fail. But guess what? You can always trust God. God never fails. God never lies. You can always trust Him. You can always believe Him. He always comes through with His Word. Do you know when God says something, you can take it to the bank? Why? Because God always comes through. God always does what He says. Do you know that when, 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 I, when I die, I know that I'm going to heaven when I die? You know how I know that? Not because I'm a good person. If you knew, if, listen to me, if you knew the real me, I'm a jerk. By nature. I'm mean-spirited. By nature. Dishonest. By nature, oh, that's not me, then you're delusional because, yes, it is. We are all that by nature. We are sinners. And the only difference between us and lost people is we are sinners saved by grace. It's God in us that makes the difference. That's why we do the things that we do. That's why we are who we are. We think way too much of ourselves. If you find someone that is faithful, whether that person's a preacher or not, I want you to think about these three things when it comes to finding a faithful preacher, a faithful person. Number one, 1 Timothy chapter 5. Of course, took all my time in the introduction. So just listen quick and I'll, and I'll give it to you. 1 Timothy chapter 5. You find someone that is faithful, honor him. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. If you find someone that's faithful, honor them. Whether that's a preacher or whether that's a, someone that you're in a relationship with, whether that's a parent, whether that's a child, if you find someone faithful, honor them. Why? It's a rare breed anymore. Number two, not only honor them, but help them. Help them. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 3. 
Listen, the scripture says, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Help them. Serve with them. Be next to them. Be a burden bearer for them. Be a prayer warrior for them. I love uh, I love the the illustration that that uh, that Anna gave as the as that director who could have been inside directing or doing paperwork or, or making phone calls or, or putting his feet up or staying at home, but he didn't do any of those things. He got out there uh, and and helped those young people. Be a servant. Be a help. Honor him. Help him, and then heed him. Heed him. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1, Paul said this, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said this, Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. You know, we don't seek counsel anymore. We don't go to people anymore and, 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 and say, Hey, what do you think about such and such? We don't. We don't take the time to think through some of the things that we're going to do or some of the things that we're going to say. Do you know if we thought through what we were going to say, it would probably change it? Have you ever done this? Have you ever, have you ever been in a, in, a, in, a, in a terrible situation where you said, okay, I'm going I'm I'm to hold off my words, and then when I get home, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write the owners, or I'm going to write whoever this is, I'm going to write them a letter. Because the treatment that I received was terrible, and I'm telling you something, somebody needs to know. And do you know, I've done that, by the way, and do you know the words I used in a letter were far different than the words I would have used in the moment? Because in the moment, you ever been in road rage? I've seen some of you drive. I know you've been in road rage. You're screaming and hollering and, I mean, I just, you, don't make me get out of this car. Sometimes we lose our mind. Seriously, sometimes we lose our mind. And Wendy says, if I ever had road rage, which I don't. But Wendy says, you know he can have a gun? I said, you know I got one. She said, seriously? What is wrong with you? And I think to myself, I don't, I don't know. I, I lost my mind for just a second. I lost my mind. Do you know sometimes if we'll just think through something before we say it, if we just pause before we do it, it's probably going to change because God helps us. And you know, there are people, there are things that I do in this church, there are, and there are people that I go to and say, what do you think about such and such? What do you think about so-and-so? You know why? Because I respect their opinion. Seek counsel. Because in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Heed that one that is faithful. If he is faithful, if that parent is faithful, then listen. 
If that spouse is faithful, then listen. If that preacher is faithful, then listen. Open up your ears and hear. Pay attention to what's being said. That godly man, that godly woman that's been a Christian longer than you've been alive? Open up your ears and listen. Heed what they have to say and follow. As long as they follow Christ. Don't follow blindly because you're going to find yourself in trouble. You'll find yourself in a cult. Don't follow blindly. Seek the scriptures to see what they're saying is so. But if it's so, then heed and follow. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus.